station of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting from the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. podcast i'm brad logan your host and i'll be joined by jared redding in just a moment as we recap the Ole miss rebels win over miami the rebels are 2-0 in the core gables regional they'll go for championship monday an opportunity to face either lsu or southern miss as it stands right now lsu has a game up on the golden eagles there in the middle of game three as we record on sunday night and Ole miss will go for that win at noon tomorrow on monday in coral gables the Ole Miss Rebels, a team that was almost left for dead, is a chance to make it into the Super Regionals of the NCAA uh, regional play. It's incredible, and it's all because of the pitching staff. We'll get into everything with Jared Redding. We'll get into everything in regards to Tim Elko and Jacob Gonzalez and all the big stars stepping up to the plate on this emergency podcast, the Believe in Ole Miss podcast on the Believe Network. Thanks, everybody, for being part of of this podcast. It's been so much fun. Thanks to everybody on the board at reps247.com as our good friend Jared Redding has done a phenomenal job at Jared E. Redding on Twitter of covering this Ole Miss baseball team and we'll get right to it on this emergency podcast, the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Stay tuned.
It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life, a major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships, moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Welcome in, joined by Jared Redding, uh, who has almost become a bit of a co-host on the podcast. But we did want to visit with Jared today. He covers baseball for Rebs 247 at Inside the Rebels. And Jared, one of the best college baseball games in total I've ever seen. And it just so happens the Reb came out on top. And this baseball team, which we were told is the 64th best team, is now one win away from a Super Regional. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's one of those things where going into the postseason, uh, Ole Miss was uh, 0-16 when they were trailing after sixth inning. Granted, they came back in some of the games this year and made a tie, but just couldn't finish it out in the end. And now, so far through two games of the postseason, it's been the opposite. They've been 2-0 and uh, in those games. You know, we saw what happened with uh, Arizona uh, last night. And then, you know, today when, you know, uh, when Miami just finally broke through, you know, Ole Miss couldn't really get much going against Miami's pitcher who pitched a very good game as well in uh Palmquist, but you know, the top of the order just delivered when it mattered most. And especially the, after the previous inning where they had runners on second and third and no outs and, and couldn't deliver, they just had to wait just one more inning to do so. And 
having to do that. And, you know, we talk about all the veteran presence on this team and how it's kind of been a, a big spark plug and kind of turned the season around, getting Ole Miss that, you know, being that last team in. But talk about the freshman today. Um, not just Hunter Elliott, who pitched a phenomenal game, um, you know, as he's had his past couple outings, you know, but Mason's Nichols right after him, who ended up getting uh, the win at the end, you know, that's one of the things that Bianco talked about was, you know, A, you know, with, you know, Hunter Elliott, especially him allowing four of his first five batters, four of his first five leadoff batters uh, to reach, and especially after that first inning where he had a base load situation that he got out of. And Bianco said, I don't know many freshmen who could do that, and Hunter Elliott can. I mean, that's just add that to the, you know, pile of praise that he's had for his freshman at Tupelo and with Mason, you know, you know given – them some time to make something happen, which they eventually did. He said, you know, I don't know if Tim Elko's hit, which was obviously big, and it's obviously, you know, adds on to the legend of Tim Elko. You know, I don't know if that's really a big topic of this game if it had not been for, you know, Mason's performance, getting those three strikeouts and doing what he can in just over two innings of work. So it's, you know, the pitching has been, you know, what you've done. You know, Dylan Delucia's career night last night, you know, Hunter and Mason today, Brandon Johnson closing out two days in a row, now has 11 saves on the year. Uh, caused a little bit of a heart, heart attack two days in a row. But, you know, that's, you know, the type of you know guy he is who could just go out and get it done and did just that. And Josh Mallett, who I've um, unapologetically oh, yeah, become too. the member of the Josh Mallett's fan club. And, oh, yeah. you know, you talked with Mike after the game. I heard the interview on the radio network. And he essentially said that, you know, stars – make plays stars stand up and shine in ncaa regional play and tonight it was or this afternoon it was tim elko you just talked about the big hit if it were not for the two rbi double by tim elko this is a different game if it were not the the, the day that jacob gonzalez happened to play two for four uh, those were the two people offensively that did anything at all the rest of the team with the exception of that one hit early by justin bench this team goes hitless and there are a lot of really black holes in this offense down that line with Kemp Alderman, Hayden Leather, Leatherwood, T.J. McCants. John Kramer came on and looked really bad at the plate. So the Sars have stood up for this team. Mike pointed that out. He also pointed out that you know Hunter Elliott is a freshman. Mason Nichols is a freshman. You know you have to have sometimes you have to have some of those people that aren't stars stand up. It feels like that for the lack of a better word. This team is doing exactly what it has to to win games any way it can. Oh, absolutely. And I think you pretty much kind of answered your, your own question right there. But, uh, you know, it's it, like you said, you know, of course, TJ, you know, he kind of hurt his hand a little bit and it was also his glove hand too. But he said, you know, that he was, that being said, he was good enough to play, but obviously it just kind of bothered him. But at the same time, he was kind of in a little bit of a slot before that. He's kind of about to get un- creep underneath 230 at the plate, if I'm not mistaken. Um, with Kemp, you know, it was one of those situations where even that mention, that inning that I mentioned earlier, where Ole Miss had, you know, a really good scoring situation right out, uh, right after Miami took the lead on that sack fly. You know, it's like, you know, if you can just get, if you can get Kemp to, you know, at least put the ball in the air, at least make some sort of contact to get it deep enough to get someone in. You know, that could be the game-tying one that could extend the game a little bit longer, um, you know, give them a chance to 
uh, possibly walk it off if need be, but it didn't happen. Um, you know, Hayden Leatherwood, there were there were some kind of things with, especially the base running blunder uh, last night, and uh, you know, not quite making the play. Those type of things happen to you know every player, you know, in every game. You know, there are flukes and there are trends. You know, some of them are trends. Um, you know, but even with like players like Peyton Chatney, you know, we talk about you know players who had slumps in the middle of the year. You know, Kevin Graham took a while to get going at the beginning of the year. Uh, Tim Elko struggled mightily, kind of at the end of non-conference play and the beginning of conference play. Um, and you know, Peyton Chatney, people tend to forget, you know, had a very long uh, drought of his own that just almost seemed to not end up until you know it just so happened to be, I believe, Texas A and M weekend if i'm not mistaken and look what happens with shot now you know he gets the two clutch hits last night you know the the two run bomb and then the two run double one of those runs came on a fielding error um from left field on the on the one where the bases were essentially cleared um if you will but you know peyton shot is you know kind of a an example of that i mean yeah you can consider him as a headliner uh because of just He's started ever since his freshman year at Ole Miss. Lord knows what he would have, you know, maybe accomplished his freshman year had, you know, the season not ended. Peyton Chatney just kind of being that player where because of his hamstring last year, couldn't do a whole lot in the base paths, done some stuff on the base paths this year. Um, but, you know, it's going to be one of those things that, you know, almost, ha- you know, can't, like you said, you know, can't have – just the stars make it happen, and Bianco just said it point blank that he's going to have a have a sporting cast around them, whether it be at the plate or on the mound. The, the mound so far, you've seen that at the plate at times. You have seen it, not all the time, granted. But then again, you still have one more game in the regional. Uh, you're two and zero in the regional. It's not quite the job is not done yet. Um, although it kind of feels like it after you knock off or beat the national seed and have to see their bullpen get depleted in about five minutes or so at the time of recording. Um, but um, it it seems like you won the regional if you're Ole Miss just because you're in a good position. You haven't had to burn a lot of bullpen arms in the process. But at the same time, you know, those games could have gone either way at, one, at, at many points in those, in those last two games. So you have to turn around, just do your job, stay healthy, do that. And should you win – and should you win uh, – Tomorrow, granted, I think the last time I checked on that LSU Southern Miss score, I believe LSU was on top, if I'm not mistaken, 2-0. You have to go down to Baton Rouge, and be, just because you swept them does not mean this will be a walk in the park, and anyone could tell you who's played a postseason game in Baton Rouge in the Alex Box Stadium. Looking at this pitching staff, and I'm raising my hand when I ask this question, Jared, were we, being myself and others that said that my Bianco misevaluated his pitching uh, recruiting over the last couple of years. Are we eating a little crow right now? Well, I mean, some some guys don't pan out sometimes, and I think that happens with any you know program as well. But at the same time, some guys like you talk. I think an exhibit A is kind of with Dylan Delucia. You know, at the beginning of the year, he was one of the top bullpen arms, and granted, he could have been in the starting rotation at the beginning of the season. But you, they thought, well. You know, when this guy has a good sample size, what can he do in kind of a reliever role? So I think it comes down to, you know, what role they have in the pitching staff. And that's why you see Dylan Delusion now, and they're like, shoot, why wasn't he the Friday start at the beginning of the year? You know, why was it – why was the rotation 
uh, I believe at the beginning of the year, it was Diamond, Gaddis, and uh, Drew McDaniel, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, Dylan was not used to being out of the bullpen. He's, you know, he was a starter in high school, multi-year starter in high school, starter at uh, in the JUCO ranks, and now look at him now. Uh, so I don't think it's much, so much the talent as it is, you know, kind of what situation you kind of put them in. Because sometimes pitching is kind of tricky in that regard because whether you come out of the bullpen or whether you start, you know, people like to think, oh, yeah, it's just pitching. Not it's, That's not quite always the case. But as far as, you know, the talent, some guys who will – pitchers will struggle, you know, unless you run into somebody who's, you know, kind of God mode sometimes, like old, like Bianca's had in the past with the Drew Pomeranz, with a uh, – um, a, a Lance Lynn, and you know the names kind of going on. Doug Nikhazy is kind of the Exhibit A in kind of in recent times, um, but uh, it just kind of depends on where you kind of sit them in there as well. And those guys are kind of far in between. But as far as the talent this year, you know, Jeremy Daniels had his struggles. You know, Gaddis obviously hasn't had to pitch late because of the four game suspension uh, that he started beginning of the eight, or beginning of the uh, Texas A and M series. Um, you know, guys like, you know, Darren Diamond having up and down, um, you know, you see the stuff, but it's just a matter of, you know, kind of following through, um, with that stuff. But if you look at a Hunter Elliott, Mason Nichols, Riley Maddox, three guys, three in-state guys for that matter, you know, I think it was, you know, pretty easy to see this coming, you know, especially with a Hunter Elliott guy who, you know, did that for, as a four-year starter at Tupelo High School, which is about an hour down the road. And then Riley Max, Mason Nichols. You know, their high school team was one of the top teams in the country last year, uh, right behind Madison Central, who finished the number one team in the country. And Jackson Pratt was not too far behind them. So I think, you know, I don't think it quite 100% comes out of the talent. Some of it may can, but it's just a matter of, you know, what you kind of do with the bullpen arms in your arsenal. At the time, it was a big play. Any particular reason the Hayden Dunhurst play, and I don't know if Mike was asked in postgame or not, any particular reason that was not reviewed? You talk about the one the play at uh, second base, the force out. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, t- to me, when I looked at it, I mean, it looked like he was clearly out. Um, just because he was still kind of moving forward and his slide like that. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know because you know th- there are situations like that where obviously you can't look at it, but in that type of situation, that's beyond my pay grade. Because I've never been an umpire before, nor you know. It, yeah, it, looked, it, it just looked close. I didn't know if Mike may have uh, a comment. I thought I thought on it was at all. I, when I when I initially saw it, I thought he was out by a mile, um, and you know everybody on our board disagreed with me. And uh, looked back at the play, I was like, I better take this post down pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was close. Uh, yeah. It was really close. Now Ole Miss gets either an Arizona team it's beaten or a Miami team it's beaten and a depleted bullpen. You made it the point. You made the point earlier. It you know Ole Miss obviously is what David Kellum, who by the way has done a fantastic job along with Brent Henderson. He he pointed out that uh, the winner of this game today would be in the catbird seat, and there's no doubt that Ole Miss is in a great position uh, heading in to uh, the final day of this regional that we've been able to get in amidst all the weather. And by the way, tomorrow it's a 60% chance of rain, but in Florida, specifically South Florida, uh, I think it kind of rains every day. So I don't think that's any cause of concern. Now you look at this Miami team in which, you know, Ole Miss is going to go with Derek Diamond. Uh, You know, look, you and I have followed this team all year, Jared. After the first part of that lineup, uh, first time around, 
he's hard. Uh, you know, it's hard to keep him in there. The good news is Ole Miss does have Gaddis uh, coming back, so there are some options coming out of that bullpen if they get to Derek Diamond the second go round. Yeah, and and I think you when you said it, when we, you know we've seen this team before. We've seen that with Derek Diamond with the you know the stuff. You know, obviously speaks for itself, but can he sustain it? You know. I'm not saying that, you know, Diamond is just only a good guy in short doses. It's just a matter of, you know, when that big play happens on him, whether, you know, he has, you know, one breaking ball that kind of gets away from him, whether, you know, it's a certain uh, pitch where the stuff isn't quite always there and then something big happens after that. It tends to, in his career here at Ole Miss, has kind of tended to snowball after that. And you know, there was kind of a running joke uh, at times there. It's like, okay, you know, who are you going to have, you know, when that fourth – inning rolls around whether the top of the bottom or maybe even the top of the fifth um but like i said you had used brandon johnson and i think a combined i'd like to say let's see he went one and two thirds today he went two hold on let me look i have this pulled up right here he let's see there was a visiting team yesterday yeah he went one inning yesterday so he's gone a total of uh, two and two thirds innings in that one, you used Mallets for two innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, you used Mason Nichols just over uh, two innings. But at the same time, you have a a, uh, a Jack Doherty in there. You know, all all, all the bullpen arms so far. The Drew McDaniel have, could come in and give uh, you some innings if needed to. Drew McDaniel, yeah, Drew McDaniel, Jack Doherty. Um, Gaddis has not pitched, and then also you no, could he, get you could get Josh Mallets again tomorrow i do expect yeah. josh mallets would be the number one arm and, and i think a name coming that out you and i have Drew, both, uh, mcdaniel yeah and i think a name that you and i have kind of conveniently forgot about is jack washburn right um, we just haven't seen and, jack a whole lot over the last yeah and you weeks. haven't seen him a whole lot and so it's like okay with a whole layoff do you kind of go with him right here you know that was the first question immediately asked you know everywhere is who you're going to start you know, because I know they kind of did this last year in the Super Regional, where it was somehow just a trend for one week to have your your starting close your your closer as your starting pitcher, like we saw with Taylor Broadway last year, Kevin Copps at Arkansas. And I was like, I don't think you do that here, especially not with you know Brandon Johnson right now. But you know, I'll, I think you know Bianco's going to kind of stick to the script a little bit, something that he didn't quite do at the you know kind of at the beginning of SEC play, end of non conference play, maybe even the middle up until, uh, you know, I think it was the Kentucky game where they started to kind of Kentucky weekend where they kind of started to figure that out. But I don't know how you don't go at least start with diamond. And then as far as a bullpen, you can just play it based on matchup. Final question before we let you go. And you led right into it. It feels like to me, Jared, and I'm going to ask you this question, but to me last year felt like an incredible amount of pressure. It felt like that this team was tight going into the third game. This year, it feels like absolutely the total opposite. It feels like that Ole Miss is having fun. It is loose because of players like Peyton Chatagnier. It is not tight, and it feels like that this team has a much better chance going into game three versus last year, for example, the game three against Arizona. I don't know about you, but this feels like a team that could do some damage because it is not playing very tight. Yeah, and last year was kind of a weird year. You kind of alluded to it, of that. Um, just like this year, Ole Miss started off 2-0 in their regional. They did the same thing last year with uh, Southeast Missouri and Florida State. You know, got 
smacked, for lack of better words, in that first game against Southern Miss that would have sent them to the final right away and not having to wait an extra game and wait through even more rain to come around. They felt like last year, um, you know, obviously, you know, Derek Diamond kind of got better at the end of the year. Actually, and I say kind of, he did get better at the end of the year, but I don't know if you had a big enough sample size to show for for that. And Drew McDaniel, kind of a similar scenario, but, you know, hadn't really experienced, you know, all that quite big stage before up until that point. I think this year it's a little bit more bulked up, like you said, because you you have your two most reliable guys do their job, you know, and I think go quite near 100 pitches. I think Elliott got to that, to that point uh, today, if I'm not mistaken, you know, it, depending on how you – Use Brandon Johnson and your and your closing role in the next coming days. I feel like there's I feel like this time around is a little bit big enough bridge to kind of go around just because of who your closer is and who your starting pitchers are. Last year, I don't think Ole Miss had that. You know, they had Doug Nikhazy, obviously, who had Derek Diamond, who could be good, but you know, whenever the shoe drops, Drew McDaniel, who could once again could get it done. But in between Taylor Broadway and those starters, you didn't really have much. And I think that's the big difference this year in this Ole Miss team, not just overall, but you know, in this postseason. Because you have a number of guys you can kind of do it with. And you know, should things go bad tomorrow and you choose to let – if Ole Miss gets behind really early and they just kind of let Diamond hang out to dry or whoever they start tomorrow – you might you, you might still be in a little bit better shape than your opponent just because you have just a giant you just have a number of guys to go with in between and i think in the super regional it's going to be a similar thing if weather holds off and doesn't affect anything tomorrow and if lsu hangs on right now you see that bad rouge same formula all over again you know should everything go right He's Jared Redding, covers uh, college baseball, specifically the Ole Miss Rebels for Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Be sure and follow him on Twitter. That's at Jared E. Redding. He does a phenomenal job covering this Ole Miss baseball team. An emergency podcast today. The Rebels are 2-0 in the Coral Gables Regional. They'll go for the series win and the uh, Coral Gables win on Championship Monday tomorrow. And we'll have the recap for you at Inside the Rebels at reps247.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Noon is first pitch tomorrow, and hopefully the Rebels can get it done in one game. Jared, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Brad. Take care. See you. And that's Jared Redding joining us here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, the emergency Believe in Ole Miss podcast as the Rebels go for the series win in the Coral Gables Regionals tomorrow on Monday, Championship Monday at noon Central in Miami, Florida. Unbelievable where this team is. I'm just I'm almost speechless as to how far they've come so we'll see what happens to this team we'll see what happens tomorrow and to see if Ole Miss is going to be faced to have another game against the Miami Hurricanes as it stands we thank for our sponsors uh, bet online Uh, remember football's over but the NBA is wide open and it's not just basketball Uh, you could look at hockey boxing UFC odds right to uh, like you said the NBA finals your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Remember, BetOnline, the fastest way and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play-by-play. 
and uh, I'm sorry, and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Also, University Traditions at University UNIV Traditions on Twitter and UniversityTraditions.biz is your spot for that perfect game day hat. Father's Day's coming up. You need a hat. And it's a great spot. They've got all of your major, um, for example, the colors at, at Ole Miss, red, blue. Well, they've got the outline of the state of Mississippi, and they've got that hat for you perfectly. Mississippi State, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida. A lot of the SEC teams are covered. That's UniversityTraditions.biz. Use that promo, use that promo code BRAD, B-R-A-D, and uh, save yourself 10%. Do that today. Buy your uh, dad a hat. Go ahead and buy yourself one, too. We'll come uh, with another podcast later on the week as we recap this uh, Coral Gables Regional. And hopefully it'll be an Ole Miss win. Hopefully it'll be Ole Miss against either LSU or Southern Miss next week in the Super Regionals. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a a fun postseason, uh, honestly, by looking at at all of the fun games that have been across college baseball. Such a great sport. We'll have everything for you right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Thanks again for joining us. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.